all I did is when I first went up, you know, to speak about what I do is I just asked show of hands who knows what an integrator is. And of course, no shock to anybody here, no hands went up. I played that three minute video and I said nothing. I just played the video. And after the video, I said, now show of hands, how many of you would like to actually be able to tell your students what an integrator does so that they can have a career like that? And every hand shot up. Show of hands, anybody? Yes, bunch of you, okay. On this episode of Resi Week, we wrap up ISC 2024. We talk about bridging the workforce and Apple's home OS. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. This is Resi Week, episode 417, ISC Wrap-Up. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matty Scott for Aviation.TV. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have Amanda Wildman. She is the co-owner of uh, True Media Home. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm doing great. Thanks, Matt. Next, we have Alex Capasalantro. He's the founder of Josh AI. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for being here. Last but certainly not least, we've got my good friend, Mark Feinberg. He's the president of Home Theater Advisors. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Really looking forward to it this week. It's going to be a blast. All right. Uh, as a surprise to literally no one, we are going to kick off the show talking about ISC 2024 uh, from the ISC account. Uh, they announced that they broke all their attendance records, uh, including Wednesday having the highest number of single day visitors with a little over 61 and a half thousand, sorry, 51 and a half thousand. There we go. Uh, as well as a total number of registrations over 95,000 and 172 plus thousand visits over the four days. A huge increase over uh, the last couple of years. So, Amanda, let me let me start with you on this. And again, we're kind of just going to go around the horn and chat a little bit about the show. Um, obviously, it was a big show. Being in Barcelona, it it was well received from everything I've seen in coverage. What was your biggest takeaway from the show, as far as uh, the people you were able to connect with, as well as uh, some some tech you might have? gotten a chance to see yeah well first of all it was awesome to see everybody you know back in person again i think it was super super high energy uh everyone was very excited to be there this year was the 20th anniversary um so well done to um avixa cedia and the entire ise staff with michael blackman uh bigger than ever so i think they said over seventy-three thousand um unique individual attendees um, over 95,000, I think, that were registered. Um, so that was really, really great. And of course, like just the the energy, I mean, as per usual, what we'd expect, big screens, um, a lot of AI. I think Alex uh, spoke actually on a couple different AI panels, so a lot about AI. Uh, I had an opportunity to, they had a an electric car company um, of all things there. And they were doing a VR kind of like demo of their showroom of their new vehicles. And normally when I've done a lot of the VR before, I kind of get a little tipsy or a little queasy, you know, with all the kind of like lag and the movement. 
Um, it was done really, really well. And you could actually like go sit in the car. You could see the dash. It was really, really well done. And it wasn't like glitchy, laggy, um, anything like that. So that was pretty awesome. And then on the resi side, um, I do have to say kudos to Cedia for putting together an awesome booth. I really loved their booth this year. It was really great the way that they had it kind of like set up for like small meeting spaces. They had the podcast and everything there. Um, it was pretty central, just kitty corner from the smart stage. So easy to find, um, easy to find people and go ahead and connect, um, which was awesome. And then new products, as far as that goes, I don't know if you've ever heard of them before. They're not in the U.S. yet because they don't have a UL listing. But there was a, a keypad company called Zenio. And it was really sweet. I think designers are going to love it because you can actually take a picture of like any of your wall coverings or anything like that, exactly where you want to put the keypad. And they will actually like put that uh, covering or whatever right on there, which was really sweet. So they had probably eight different kind of eccentric wallpapers because as we're starting to see more wallpaper and stuff come into designs and homes and like a feature wall it was really really cool to see because i actually had to stop at the booth because i couldn't quite tell what they were showing it just looked like strips of wallpaper kind of like set up and as you step closer it was like wait a minute as soon as you put motion in front of it the keypads would light up and all of a sudden you could use the keypads to do whatever you want and put the icon so i really liked that one um, and then, of course, Waterfall, I think designers will love um, their new speakers. Um, those looked awesome. They sounded great. They did a during one of our uh, our panels, they definitely did a pretty, pretty strong demo. We couldn't hardly hear our panel on the smart stage because they definitely cranked it up on the last day. But it was they looked good. They sounded great. Um, and so a lot of really great demos, too. That's fantastic. Alex, um what were your takeaways? What did you see at the show that excited you? Um, and, and what, what gets missed in maybe kind of the, the blanket social media coverage of what happened over at ISC? Yeah. I mean, just overall, I agree with Amanda, a lot of energy, a lot of people, really fun show. Um, I don't know if I missed what you were saying a little bit, or maybe you got the number a little bit off. So I'll just uh, clarify in case one of us had it slightly wrong. Um, I heard you saying something like 51,000 people. That was the number just on Wednesday. Yeah, just on, the, just on Wednesday. Just on Wednesday, yeah. So the total number of uniques, you know, being about 74,000 people, that's, uh, you know, 25, I think maybe almost 30% increase over the past. Just amazing seeing record numbers. I think there were like 1,400 attendees, another record for the show. So overall, just really great seeing the excitement and the people. For me, when I'm there, I'm always looking for some of the new innovations some of the new startups, things I hadn't seen before. Um, and so I, I took a couple photos of booths that I thought were interesting. Um, one of them, a company that we know, but they've been growing and doing some new things is Black Nova. Um, there's a company I hadn't heard of called Core, a C-O-R-E. They had a really interesting thermostat with a little dial that was kind of fun to see. Uh, Taiba is another company that's doing kind of a Nest-like thermostat. So, you know, just really fun seeing some of the more innovative products. And then, of course, you know, the big, amazing screen, Samsung, LG, what those guys are doing. Um, Crestron, I saw, you know, they've got a little bit of progress in the AI realm. Um, AI is definitely just the buzz right now. A lot of companies talking about AI, a lot of booths talking about AI. But what I found interesting was there were a number of speeches and talks and panels on the smart stage where you might get, you know, 
fluctuating numbers of people in the audience. You know, some were bigger, some were smaller. The AI panels were just packed, standing room only, completely filled, lots of questions. There's definitely a lot of interest, but also a lot of unknowns. People are trying to figure out what does AI mean for the channel? What does it mean if you're a dealer? What are ways to take advantage of it? And so I found that the AI aspect of the show was was really exciting. And, you know, just, a, you know, for me personally, working in AI, really fun to see the rubber starting to hit the road. You know, companies starting to have actual features, you know, integrators starting to find ways to use AI to further their businesses, do more marketing. You know, what we're seeing with the camera tech, there's just a lot around AI that was exciting. And then the last one for me is just the show follows shortly after CES. It's before KBiz and Lightapalooza that are coming up. And so you kind of wonder, are companies like Lutron, you know, growing or shrinking? And are the discussions more or less exciting? And it just felt like there was more. There was, you know, more that Lutron was doing, more that Crestron was doing, more that was going on. And so I felt sort of excited that there's so much energy, there's so much going on. And for me, this is a sign that the year is really starting strong. I mean, last thing I'll note is my own company with, you know, a number of other businesses, we saw the end of last year beginning to slow a little bit and thought, you know, is there maybe an ongoing or an upcoming recession? Well, the beginning of this year would be a clear refute to that. No, there is more business, more excitement, more going on. We've had a great January. We're seeing, you know, companies like Lutron and Crestron and others that are doing the same. And so I think we're off for a really strong start of the year for the overall residential economy. Yeah, that's a great point. All right. Hi, this is Jennifer Goodyear and Erica Carroll from, from the, the Women, Women in, in AV, AV podcast, podcast, where we are encouraged by the incredible stories of women in AV. Listen in on fun, empowering conversations as we chat with inspiring women, breaking barriers and creating their own path in the industry. Check out Women in AV on avnation.tv or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from Residential Systems, bridging the workforce gap uh, a year after its debut. Cedia's next-gen uh, smart home career toolkit uh, is evolving and uh, empowering more young people about opportunities in our industry. Uh, go read through the article. Not only does it give a, uh, a re-fresh overview of what that next gen toolkit looks like, but also had uh, two really good uh, quick interviews with two integrators that have been using it effectively. Mark, let me let me start with you on this one. This is a fantastic program, but with limited reach currently. How do we how do we continue to grow the reach of this and and find ways to get the toolkit in front of you know more eyeballs and more uh, specifically young people, but more people in general to, to show them what the industry is about and how they can get in and make a career uh, with us. Yeah. I mean, I, my understanding of the toolkit is it's designed for an integrator to go in and do a, a talk or a presentation in front of a group of students who are looking, who are graduating soon and are looking for career opportunities. Um, you know, if we continue, I think that right now it's kind of a grassroots. If an integrator wants to use it and can organize a talk at a school, um, you know, then they use it and they go in and, you know, that's probably going to be a, a incremental increase in usage would be my, my guess. I could see targeting 
the schools themselves and maybe doing a bit of a train the trainer type of thing where someone from the career office from the school has the materials for the toolkit or if there's any kind of complementary courses that you know maybe an electrical course or something if it's a more of a um uh, a trade school um and having uh, our industry presented as part of the coursework and make it into the curriculum as opposed to being more of a one-off integrator wanting to do like a career fair kind of thing um if we can get you know if we can work with a few smaller schools maybe or even bigger schools but do a pilot program where it actually gets built into the curriculum that's where i think you're going to see it really start to have legs and take off and get some um, better traction, but that's hard to do. It's easy said, easy said, hard to do. <laughs> Great job in saying it so easily. Absolutely. Uh, Amanda, I've got a bit of a, shall we say controversial take on this. Um, I applaud the organization for putting this together. I do think it's fantastic. And I do think it needs to find its way in front of a wide variety of people. Again, to expand the reach, we've talked on the show for, gosh, years about how do we get more people into the industry. My pushback on this, and it's, again, it's not on the topic in general um, or the, the toolkit in general or the association necessarily, but it's on the, uh, the greater aspect of this. I've talked to my renovator friends, my contractor friends, my subtrade friends, Literally anybody I know in the construction business, which is a lot, not one of them bears the brunt, if you will, of having to go and promote their own industry to kids in schools. The electricians, it, that happens in high school. Most high schools have some sort of vocationary um, program for electricians, for construction for mechanics, all of these industries, they don't necessarily rely on their business owners that work in that channel, getting out and promoting the heck out of their industry to try and get people in. How do we, I, I know a lot of integrators that honestly don't have the time, won't make the time and just flatly don't care to get out and try and promote the industry to the level that's required to make this toolkit overly effective. How do we solve that? Okay, well, first, totally agree with you. Um, most of those other industries, they have their unions um, and their union representatives who do it. Um, I would say in the last couple of years, and this is actually near and dear to my heart because I have a kid who's going through the same thing. So my son actually is in a lot of the trades programs and stuff at his school. And so I've had the opportunity to see it from both sides, from a parent side, um, of a student, but then also as an integrator. And I think you're right. I mean, for an integrator, it is a heavy lift um, to go ahead and do, you know, from the beginning. But um, I would say making sure that you at least have the video available. So even if you can't do something, I would argue that most integrators like see a career fair day or something along those lines. So even if you share that video with, you know, the school administrators, it's really, really important um, you know, to at least get that video out and post it on your own socials periodically. The video is great. Uh, the most recent time that I've actually used it, because I've used it quite a few times, I've done it both career fair day, I've used it at kids' schools, 
Um, we had a um, Girl Scout day actually where our professional women in building group did a career fair day with kids, um, with all girls, with the Girl Scouts. And so we used it there. But probably my most memorable one was, um, and this is my favorite, because it was a day I got invited to go in um, on a teacher and service day where they had all the school administrators. And it was a little intimidating when I first went in because it was me, small business with 15 employees. And then there was the electrical union sitting next to me, and then the carpenters union sitting next to me, and then a commercial builder that has like over 300 employees sitting next to me. And I was the last person that went up. And all I did is when I first went up, you know, to speak about what I do is I just asked show of hands who knows what an integrator is. And of course, no shock to anybody here, no hands went up. I played that three minute video and I said nothing. I just played the video. And after the video, I said, now show of hands, how many of you would like to actually be able to tell your students what an integrator does so that they can have a career like that? And every hand shot up because what we do is so unique and so impressive. We just have to get it out there to people. And so I don't know that there's a perfect solution. Um, I know that CDA, Tommy Tabor is working really hard on it. Um, I know the integrators put it out there, but I think like, I mean, I even need to do a better job. I should have it on a regular rotation where once a month or like this week, actually, February 5th through the 11th is National Apprenticeship Week. So all of us should be posting it and, you know, on our socials and talking about just national apprenticeships and if we have any apprenticeships to offer. So I think it's going to be a combined effort. Um, we don't have a union and I do think our association is, you know, helping us to get it out there and helping us create the content, but it's going to have to be all hands on deck. We're all going to have to be part of it. Alex, it, how much of this rests on the association as kind of the, the big dog in charge now? <laughs> yeah. So I think this is a great topic. Full transparency. Amanda and I both serve on the CDA board. She is the vice chair. I'm the current chairperson. And so we obviously are you know, very personally invested in the success of Cedia and trying to help make sure that we can move the industry forward. That being said, I think it's also worth noting what I'm about to say is just my opinion. It's not the opinion of Cedia. And so, you know, as Alex, the Josh AI CEO, and, you know, just someone who cares about this industry, I think we all, we all see the benefit by attracting more talent, getting the awareness out there and seeing the overall reach of the residential AV industry growing. If it could all be done through, you know, a union and we as individuals didn't need to do our part, that would be wonderful. But we're really, you know, a younger just trade in general. We're a trade that's rapidly changing, unlike the plumbers and the electricians, where the work they've been doing is not that radically different from the work they would have done, you know, a decade or two ago. We're dealing with constantly evolving software, AI, you know, cybersecurity, you know, issues. There's so much that's changing that I think we all need to be part of the story to make this succeed. With that being said, I think CDA's role is really twofold. On the one side, putting out this program is a great way to say to those who have the time, here are tools to better tell the story. You don't need to do this, but if you have the ability, if you have the time, this is gonna make your job easier. And then on the other side of the token, CDA is starting to do a lot more government advocacy work and that work with the governments, that's gonna help move the needle forward in a way that we have not seen happen in the past. So I do think this is overall good for the industry and, and really good for you know helping to attract the next generation of 
potential AV workers. That being said, I totally get your point. If we were simply saying CD is going to do nothing and it's up to the small businesses to do all of the heavy lifting, this isn't going to work. It really needs to be a joint effort. And I love Amanda's story that Cedia put in the work to prepare the content, but they don't have the reach to get this in front of the schools that she does. Her ability to share that video, if that inspired even one or two people, it did its job. So I'm excited compared to you know five, six, seven years ago, the tools are getting better. We're making progress. We're not perfect, but I think we're on the right track. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's change topics one last time. Hit our last story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro Apple, maybe working on a revamped smart home platform, uh, supposedly called Home OS. Uh, it's a complete overhaul, is what we're assuming. Um, I'll, I'll throw that that caveat out there um, that it's a complete overhaul of its smart home strategy. I'm making that assumption because, well, it needs a complete overhaul of its smart home strategy. Go read through the article uh, on CE Pro. There's a couple other ones out there as well, uh, specifically from like Mac Rumors, etc. If you're a Mac head, you've probably already seen some of this stuff. Alex, I want to come back and start with you on this one. <sighs> It, obviously, this is all rumor for the most part. We're, we're making a lot of assumptions uh, based on some some filings and digging into uh, some of the beta versions of some of the upcoming product, which is par for the course with Apple. Where, where do you see Apple's place in the smart home ecosphere? Yeah, today Apple does not have a place in the smart home you know, environment outside of a small number of direct-to-consumer, you know, users, the reality is this headline could have been written very different. The headline could have been written truthfully as Apple is failing in the smart home. And we hope that maybe they change because this is all about people wanting Apple to do something different. The reality is Apple has been terrible at making anything of use in the smart home outside of something like an Apple TV, which look, I love Apple TV. And I think Apple has the capability of doing so much more. And that's what this article is basically saying. We know that Apple has the potential to do something meaningful. The reality, though, is I don't think they're going to get there. I don't think Apple understands the complexities of the, the way the home works. You have different vendors who make lighting systems and thermostats and TVs and cameras and all these different subsystems. And you need to be willing to play nicely with all of them. And what happens with companies like Apple and Amazon and Google is they want to own the ecosystem and they're so consumer focused, they don't build optimal systems for integrators. They don't figure out how to make these systems scale in a professional sense. And so is Apple going to have a new HomePod? Probably. Are we going to care? I don't think so. You know, is it going to have some generative AI, you know, voice control for better Siri? Absolutely. That one I would put my money on, but will they take any significant market share at improving our lives in the home, I just don't see that happening personally. Yeah, it's a unfortunately for me as a big Apple fan, that's a accurate and and hope hopefully I don't know, it'll change. <laughs> Mark, the long-standing joke has been that the smart home has been a side project that Apple just doesn't care about. They have not invested anywhere near the time that they've occasionally alluded to 
uh, investing into this as a product and as an ecosphere. Um, I know a couple fanboys who fanboy over the uh, the HomePod, but let's be fair, it, it's kind of a piece of junk. Um, I, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Do you have any high hopes of this at all? I guess the highest hope I have for this is that it is a good DIY solution and gets people more of a taste of the smart home. So I think to Alex's point, they're not going to, I don't see them integrating with Somfy and Hunter Douglas and Lutron and for shading and lighting. Uh, you know, I don't see them partnering with people. Well, I don't see them developing their own shading line or lighting dimmer lines. Um, so, you know, hopefully it'll give people don't a taste. He's that. <laughs> someone Oz will get the idea that he can do it. Don't stop it. Right. So I don't see him doing it. So if, if people get a little taste of smart home, kind of, you know, Sonos has done it. Sonos brought distributed audio to the masses um, and made it something people I think are much more attuned to and ask for now. Um, you know, Lutron Caseta brought more smart lighting into the into the mix, and a lot now people you know people want to scale up. They have, they come to us. So yeah, I, th I think maybe they'll have somewhat of a DIY solution that you know the the Mac heads will be really into. Um, you know, the challenge is with Apple when when something goes wrong with your Apple account or with an Apple device, it's really hard to get out of it. And to get it fixed, you know, that's why the Genius Bar exists, right? I, I would venture to say a big chunk of the Genius Bar's business is people who can't figure out their Apple ID and how it's working across different devices and everything's messed up and they've got two different Apple IDs. You know, you can't bring your house into the Genius Bar. So I don't know what they're going to do for that. Um, but again, you know, I don't, I don't see it being a challenge to us. I see it being an entry-level DIY product that hopefully allows gives gives us a bigger foothold all right amanda i'll give you the last word on this one um my hope has always been that apple figures it out because they do such a good job on the user experience normally i'm giving them a pass for all current iterations of HomeKit. normally when it's not a side project they do a fantastic job of owning the experience. If they were to decide to put some effort in, do you think they could do it or has it been too long? So I'm going to have kind of a controversial take on it, which normally I'm not really, but I Ooh. think, yes, I know. Ooh. I think I'm really worried about it because I think it's going to come out. Acceptance factor. I hate that term. Um, but I think that when you start doing product, I had a homeowner and we're doing a condo for them. We have a whole homework system, everything like that. And they can't get obviously homeworks on their own, but they're a very bright person and a very bright individual, but he's trying to replicate in his house. That's bigger than the condo project that I did his experience with a Lutron Caseta system. Now, everybody on this podcast knows he's never going to be able to recreate the same experience that I created in his condo, much smaller space, in his much larger home by him doing a DIY Caseta type setup versus what I had just done with a Homeworks setup and how that's all integrated together. And so I'm really worried that like, we're going to get these promises of, okay, great. Apple came out with this. I can do it now. I'm a, you know, smart person on, you know, all of these other things. So therefore I'm going to now take over my smart home 
And all of a sudden the kids are going to struggle using it. The wife is going to struggle using it. And we're literally going to have a resurgence of that book. I live on my iPhone. I, I love everything Apple. I think if they want to make products that play in that space, fine. But like to Alex's point, if they want to try to own the space, I think it's literally just going to cause a bigger headache for all of us. Yeah. And I just want to add on that. I think Amanda brought up a great point, which is I've now been building products in this industry for about a decade. And the number one thing that hurts all of us, whether you're an integrator, whether you're a manufacturer, whether you're a homeowner, the number one thing that hurts all of us is when there's a bad product that creates a bad experience and someone says, and they tell all their friends, you don't want a smart home. It's just a bunch of headaches. And so, you know, just brief example, I was at a, a billionaire's home a couple years ago. <clears throat> you know, this is a tech investor, very savvy. His home, which is an amazing Beverly Hills home, has very little tech. And when I started asking him, you know, what's your, you know, what's your rationale behind you have to go and turn every light off individually. You don't have centralized lighting. You don't have centralized music. You don't have any of this stuff. He had a Crestron system in his last home that drove the family so crazy. He said, I just don't want to deal with this. And the more that we see companies, you know, I'm thinking right now of Oliver IQ, Oliver IQ, a new product that might be good, but if it's not, you know, being very low cost and being consumer focused, if it's not, it's going to turn off an entire generation of people saying it's just not worth the headache. It's not worth the hassle. So I'm really hoping that Apple either does nothing or they do something that's very narrowly focused that solves a particular problem like the Apple TV. But trying to do the, the whole smart home, you know, to Amanda's point, it might turn off people, which ultimately ends up hurting the entire industry, not just, you know, one or two of us. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Mark, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Home Theater Advisors, where can they do that? Best place is uh, hometheateradvisors.com. And you can reach me, Mark, at hometheateradvisors.com and on the socials at HT Advisors. Thank you, sir. Uh, Alex, my friend, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Josh AI, where can they do that? Yeah, because you guys have an event coming up too. We do. Yeah. I was actually going to say best thing is just go over to the website, josh.ai. But on the website, you'll notice we have a major launch event coming up in um, just a little bit on February 20th. And unlike the Apple announcements and unlike a recent Control 4 announcement that I hear a lot of dealers not super happy about, this is going to be loaded with new products and features and excitement. So join us there. It's the best way to see me. Connect with us, josh.ai. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Amanda, my friend, if people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, where can they do that? Well, they can go to our website, truemediahome.com. Uh, my contact is awildman at truemediahome.com for my uh, email address, or as always, True Media Home on all the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the above. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for joining. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter or X at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.